Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Ceramic Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I'm Cami Clamaco, and this is my co-host. Gustav Hamilton. You can call him Gus, because <laughs> no one calls him Gustav. Not even his own brother. Wait, wait. wait. <laughs> does I, you, do your parents... Can I, no, nobody does. No, my dad calls me Goose. <laughs> like my mom calls me Gus. Uh, sometimes my dad calls me Goose Man. Oh. I know that I'm jumping ahead, but can I can I share one story about the guests on the podcast today? Yes, please. Okay, so we're we're having uh, Rebecca Manson on the podcast today, and she I just saw her yesterday at her studio, which is Lucky, beautiful. I'm yeah, sure. and the work there was beautiful, and we had so much fun. And she told me a story about when we first met. Oh no, I'm dying. That I don't remember, and it was I had been in New York for like maybe six months at most. Um, before I became this hardened New Yorker that I am now. <laughs> it's and, really, and, it really is transformative. Um, I saw her at a Julia Haft Candle talk at um, the Jewish Community Center on the Upper West Side. And I went over there and it was just me and uh, everybody else was like uh, slightly older. And uh, I was the only man that showed up other than Matt Merkelhess, who's the director. And I was just like so excited. And so like I really stuck out in the crowd there. <laughs> and, and I was so excited because I love her work so much. Um, and then the talk ended and I was like, okay, you should go like, you should go say something. So I went up after the talk had ended and like everybody else that was there, it, like almost everybody else there was like a regular, like took classes right. there and they all knew one another. Um, and so like after that kind of like dissipated a little bit, I went up and I was like, like, it's, and in my head, I like thought I was like pretty cool, and I was like, "Hey, just you know, wanted to say hi, I love your work and stuff." And, um, Rebecca told me that I just looked like so out of place with like big puppy dog eyes, and I, <laughs> and I introduced myself as Gust of Hamilton. <laughs> you did, yeah. Oh my god! And she was god. mocking me yesterday about it. She said, "Yeah," she said, "You walked up and you said, hi, my name's Gustav." <laughs> What the? Um, uh, but I totally forgot. Yeah, that's amazing. I was just like starstruck. Like, so to no me. one called the like Gustav is your your alter your your really confident alter ego. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel yeah. I feel like a it, um, it's like a it's like an artist name. Doesn't it kind of sound like an artist? Like that's so New York. It doesn't sound like yeah. me, but I've always used it. Yeah, I had a friend named Bill who we called him Bill for yeah. years and years. And years and then he moved to New York and he was William yeah and then I was like Bill and he was like just wouldn't answer until what if I started doing that to you that'd be the end of the podcast <laughs> I guess that'd be the end of the podcast yeah. <laughs> I am glad you said it first okay sorry to suck us off track a little no bit. I don't I don't think that we really have a track ever yeah but we did we did get a, a question someone wrote in yes how did they send um, it to so first I put it I put up on my Instagram, does anyone have any questions for us? Some of the questions were straight up spam. Did we get some good ones? Well, like nice profile. How many bad ones did we get? Well, four of them were blank and then <laughs> three of them were fake. I'm surprised that we even got seven questions total. Yeah, I actually was That's too. pretty good. Yeah. So, okay. Can we get a show dedicated to the bad boy antics of the Hamilton brothers? Oh. That would be you and Anders, your brother. Um, yeah. You're notorious in this city for your hard living, I guess. Even though you sort of like are kind of bougie and you like fancy food. 
we could we could get there, but I don't want to scare listeners off so okay. early on. Yeah. We'll circle back around to that. Yeah. Um, Kathy Pons, NYC, asks, may you recommend a book we could refer to for ceramic techniques? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Kathy, let's talk about it. Wait. Yeah. Okay. The best books there... are YouTube. No, wait. Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, there's the Anton Reinders, The Ceramic Process. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good book. But it's not, like, it's not going to teach you to throw, but it's going to teach you how to make a really great casting slip. Oh, oh that's or, cool. Yeah. And he, like, troubleshoots, like, hand building, like, building large sculpture, that kind of stuff, and building press molds. He goes through so much stuff, but it might not be, like, it's, it's, not, a, it's not like a step-by-step, how, like a how-to ceramic. Yeah. You know, I learned to throw out of a book. Did you? Well, my teacher, my throwing teacher, you know, he was, I was a little slow. And then yeah. um, he kept putting my hands in the mushy clay and I didn't understand. And then I got a book out and, you know, I like looked at the pictures and then I kind of understood yeah. the steps. And um, so it really helped me. But that was before YouTube. Yeah. Wait, also, was that just for throwing? Just for throwing. And then. Were you into hand building at all? I mean, the way our the way we did it was like hand building was your first semester, and yeah. you did throwing your second semester, yeah. like dedicated each. So uh, it really did help. But I mean, even with YouTube, I don't even believe that they're it's all good. No. Sometimes it's like you're like, what is that guy doing? Like, yeah. stop. Yeah, I mean, the same thing happens with like you know, I really often have students bringing like Instagram pages to me. Of like like bubble glazing. Oh yeah. Yeah, which is fine. I mean it. It's fine. It's I know fine. it's not fine. It obviously, hurts me a little obviously, bit inside, like it's not but... fine. Like let's just call it what it is. It's like garbage. <laughs> but it's fine for the first person to do it, and then the hundredth person, you're like, oh, there's those bubble. There's the bubble glazing. Mm. Um, I have this book called the Pottery Encyclopedia, which. Yeah. Is pretty good for technique, what like is it, rando. It, does it like show throwing in, steps and things like not that? Not really. It's more like how to do inlays and that's cool. slip decoration. It's still like, I think the best way to go is like get the really old books, get the really new books. Yeah. I think um, what we're learning, yeah, is just that we need to write a book. I guess that's what it. Yeah. That's what it's going to be like. And it's it's going to be called Bubble Glazing with Gustav and Cami. Where like all... All techniques are failures. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you are um, sort of known in the New York ceramics community as a good demoer. No. Oh, and a that's... lively demoer. Oh, wow. That's and, just, uh, I think that's good. I don't know. One that also like embraces chance and failure a lot oh, in demos. Absolutely. That's yeah. because they always fail <laughs> with performance anxiety. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, so you demo quite a bit for your students. I, I mean, I honestly 1,000% believe like the only way to learn anything is by demoing it. Yeah. By like seeing someone do it. Seeing someone do it yeah. and then you go and try it for yourself. Yeah, and yeah. even if my demo is a failure, I can just troubleshoot it and be like, uh, here's what I would have done better, which is from the start, I wouldn't have done this demo. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. this emotional state. <laughs> 
like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start this demo next time by not teaching this <laughs> by class. Never even. doing this. Yeah. I did a project with my 92nd Street Y students, um, handmade paddles. Yeah. yeah. Where like hand they hand <laughs> they hand carve the paddle, and I will never do that again. Yeah. Like what a disaster. That's saying a lot because that class is like one of the dream team classes yeah. that you could have. So Everyone for it to go that amazing. poorly. And like, yeah. I was just like, oh my God, how do I get out of this project? And I did like go through with it and it was like a nightmare. Like stuff that I didn't even think about. Like, okay, if you cut your paddle out, um, you have to go with the grain of the wood because if you go against the grain of the wood. It just snap? Yes, like a karate chop. <laughs> Like, I'm not a woodworker. I just was like, I just want to carve some fucking paddles. And now I'm like, oh, God. So I had to recut everyone's paddle out. By hand? Yeah, it took me three hours. With a little coping saw? No, I did it with a jigsaw, but still. Yeah. It still was a nightmare. Does everybody have a paddle now? I guess. I mean, they were just like, what what am I looking at, lady? Like. They were like, I paid for this. That's what it feels like. Yeah. And but they even didn't I'm like, really they really pay for it, did they? I mean, they paid for to be in the class. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Anyway, whatever. That. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Yeah. But you never know. Like, experimenting is how you do new, fresh things. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think I really know of any books. I think the best thing is to take classes if you can. And if you can't, workshops. yeah, workshops. I think YouTube can be fine, but you just have to be critical about what you're taking in a little bit. You know, like make sure you're seeking out something that isn't just going to be a hundred ways to bubble glaze. Um, Actually, I I honestly think that that's better is yeah. to, to watch a hundred people do it, and then yeah. you're like, oh, okay. So they're like, this is you. Then you can be like, everyone's doing this the same. And yeah. then these are the variants. And that goes with like spiral wedging, which is so hard to find a good Yeah, I don't really video. even teach it. Do you? <laughs> I just teach ram's head. Of course you do. No, yeah. of course I teach spiral because that's what I that's what I know. Oh. That's how I know it. And do you know how to ram's head wedge? So hard. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Come on. Hey. Do you? Do, know you? To, do, you, know how to do you know how to spiral wedge? Wait, you're like I don't really teach it. I'm like, wait, does he even know how to do I it? I know how to do it, but I don't know how to teach it. It's really hard to yeah. teach. Nobody ever gets it. It's yeah. so frustrating. Yeah. You teach beginners how to spiral wedge? Hell yeah. Hell it's, yeah. It's really and they, you know, people who have done ceramics before only know ram's head, and I'm like, that's not appropriate for throwing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get real crazy about it. Yeah. And they're like my other teacher, and I'm like, who was it? Who was it? Gustav. <laughs> Yeah, so I think, um, you know, I have a couple ceramics books here, but not, I guess, not that many that in the room that we're sitting in. But um, I just, I I like just getting big, you know, books with nice images in them. So even, yeah, um, even, uh, oh, the ceramic process, right? That one has great. It has great info, but it, it has great images, um, and it's uh, it came from the European Work Center, Ceramic Work Center. Yeah. So a lot of the artists like aren't artists that were super popular here in the United States or ones that right. I knew about. Right, so right, it's right. kind of a nice different That's pool, cool. um, and it's cool too. Like it 
um, a lot of the, like you can track a lot of the current style, I'm sure way, way further back than in that book, but that, because that's like a point for me where they're pulling work sort of from like the 90s and like early 2000s, but um, it's just funny to see how much stuff people are doing right now and saying is like really brand new. (laughs) Exactly. And what's that, the old, is it like Objects USA? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, they, I think it's in that. I think that's a, the catalog of a show where it's the same thing, and that's from like the seventies, maybe or the sixties. Oh, I don't know that book. It's really great because you you like flip through it and you're like, oh, okay, so like this hip pinchy style has been like around forever. We just, for, <laughs> we just forgot about it for a second. Oh yeah, that's yeah. I love when that ha- like everything comes back. Around. Yeah. I mean, the one book that I love the most, I think my most treasured book might be the Japanese Pottery Handbook. Oh. Do you know it? No. It's from the 70s. It's just hand-drawn illustrations of Japanese pots. Oh, and nice. And like kiln, Japanese of, kilns. Just of pots and kilns? Yeah, and oh, like cool. all the tools, like everything's just like hand-drawn tools. Yeah. It's amazing. Maybe you and I should take a trip to strand and try and seek out some ceramics books so that we can recommend some yeah we totally should is that all the books that's it right that's all the books i mean oh the one book of course is the the, val cushing handbook of course i know i it's sitting right up there it's always nice plastic binder within hands yeah do you know what i love about the val cushing book what (laughs) say it it doesn't tell you how to make a glaze. <laughs> Do you know what the best, the best thing in that whole book, though, yeah, is the, the lid drawings? Oh, those are really so good. That's, I swear he stole them out of, he stole them from the Japanese pottery. Probably. Yeah. I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be surprised thing. either. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do some research. What are we talking about even I today? Know. Who's on the show? Oh. Rebecca Manson. Oh, Rebecca Manson's on the show today. Oh, what a, what a get. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we feel super fortunate to have her as our friend and on yes. the podcast. Yes. And she was so excited to be on the podcast, yeah. which was confusing for us. She talked about it for like a week and we were like, dude, it's like no big deal. Yeah. We were like, we're not even sure if we're still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let us waste an hour and a half of your day and then, then we'll decide if we're going to do it or not. Uh, she brought her beautiful dog Rayla over with her. Right. Um, yeah, and like I like I said earlier, I just had a chance to go up and see her studio, and she's making so much amazing work right now. It's really exciting. Yeah, it is super exciting. It's super different. It's she really. We talked about it a little bit, but the way that she works with just like small components to make these massive pieces is so smart, and it it really makes for like a different like she's working with ceramics in a way that you don't see that often at least not in like the hardcore ceramics field right where like about half of it's made of glue and there's a little bit of it that's metal and then some concrete in there too yeah just for good measure she had one piece that had a couple bricks in it that was really nice wow yeah yeah well i'm excited for this conversation i am too so here here we go Do you want 
talk about feldspar because Adams and I were talking about feldspars before the last can one started. Can you? I don't know. Tell us what it is first. Can you tell us what it is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell you what I would say if my students asked yeah. me what it was. I would say so. Clay is actually not what you think. Clay is actually a material in a clay body, and a clay body is what we're working with here today. And it's made up of several different components, including clay itself, and sometimes, you know, maybe a feldspar. Oh. <laughs> That's what you would say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, you're so bullshit. I'm pretty sure feldspar is like a, a fluxy chunk, right? Yeah. Wait, look at this. This is my favorite page, testing percentage of absorption. Oh, I tell people about that all the time. I do. <laughs> oh, Lord. Don't even get me started on that nerd shit. That's how we started the last podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We like to really nerd out. Um, but we mostly don't. <laughs> Are we, we recording now? Yeah, I think, we've oh, been. Because cool. <laughs> I think I'm so cute right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this, the Val Cushing Handbook is so good because it just has pages like notes yeah. on bentonite. Oh, you learn all about it. Yeah. Bentonite is beautiful. But the absorption thing comes up because I tell people, you know, everyone wants to talk about, like, is it food safe? And yes. I don't like, I don't love answering that question. But one of <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay, wait. Just, can you just say why? <laughs> You're like, I don't love it? Mm. <sighs> well, because I think that food safe standards are not set in stone. Good point, um, because, yeah, Fiesta Wear, well, it but, it, shit. yeah, I mean, it's just, I like to say some stupid shit about the FDA, <laughs> and so I just like to tell You're them, like, like conspiracy theory. Well, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> I like to just tell them, like, okay, let's talk about what that means, because what's going to make something food unsafety, one, mm -hmm. is if, like, a shard of glass comes off when you're eating and gets you Two, if chemicals leach out into whatever you're eating and three that collects food um, particles right bacteria and so that's where absorption comes into play obviously <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i'm like no is it obvious i love to pretend like i don't know anything about ceramics but in the meantime i'm like but no tell us exactly what happens well, my favorite thing is not when I know the answer, but when I just know enough to like really uh, make something up that sounds cool. Yeah. I always like try and tell people like you want to, if you're just trying to like throw, like say some words to like get people off your back, you just like, like start talking about Darvan and oh, deflocculating love. Uh, love. and then people are just <laughs> like, oh, okay, whatever. I don't I don't yeah. care this much. <laughs> They're like, oh, how we, I really, like, I stepped in too far. How do I far. shut this guy up? Yeah, you're yeah. just like, yeah. run, run away before he's like, and then I added too much bentonite and shit got crazy. Yeah, so it's a gel up a little bit, you know? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> real, I had to sieve it 16,000 times and like, I'm like, then what happened? Then what happened? It's like the best, <laughs> worst story. I like love, I like sit in people's failures and like, then how did it fail? <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God, that's tell me part. more about it. Yeah, that's part. <laughs> How big of a ceramics nerd are you? Um, I'm a pretty big nerd. I don't know. Like, I'm not 
Okay, I'm not a huge nerd in terms of like knowing technical stuff. I'm a really big nerd when I think, like I get teary when I think about like early man mushing clay and like the invention of cones and how we still use the cone packs today and things like that. Did you ever get yeah. into like materials? Yeah, like, classes? do you need to be alone? <laughs> Wait. That's the kind of nerd. I am. Yeah. Do you want to know a story? Yeah. Yes. So, yes. This is the okay. So one of my students, and this is exactly one of the many reasons why I love teaching because of all of the surprises that the students bring to you. But one of my students, Jason at the JCC, he is like a very accomplished biologist researcher at Columbia and he told me once that they like found the oldest DNA yet ever discovered that was preserved and he was on a team that was like trying to hack it you know be able to like get it brewing again <laughs> Jurassic Park style okay okay and okay awesome it took them years just to figure out what kind of like host they could use to just hold the like to host this DNA that would allow it to like come what? back to because it was perfectly it's preserved uh... and eventually they used clay and they were able to like reactivate this DNA and that is <laughs> evidence that life may have actually first been born from Play. That's amazing. Like, I cried. I was like, get the fuck out of my classroom. Dude. I can't even deal with this. Sorry. You can't just drop this on me right now like this. You're like, I'm, Casually. In, the, I'm in the middle of class. Yeah. I can't be like popping clay boners in front of everyone. Like, I almost cried. That's awesome. That's really amazing. I mean, I think it's so beautiful. So that's the that's kind so of nice. of clay that I am. That's I don't know all this stuff, but I... I know that. Tell us, just like really brief, like tell us your background. So I started, okay, so when I was like eight years old, my little sister went to a birthday party and they did clay at a place called Clay is the Way. Sweet. What a name. Yeah. With Diane Mary. She was an alcoholic. She was fun. (laughs) And I, she came home with her stuff and I was like, mom, I want to do that. And my mom was like, that's for little kids. And I was like, I don't care. And my mom was obviously wrong, right? Yeah. She's wrong, right? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Oh, and, shit. <laughs> and I went and they didn't even have like a class for like kids my age. Like I just went on Saturdays and like did clay sort of open studios stuff. And people would help me like with adults for six hours every Saturday, starting when I was eight until I was like 13. Whoa. And then I- and like what, were you just like making pinch pots I mean, and stuff? I was like th- mostly throwing. Okay. I was making, so- I was like putting some lace and some slabs. Yeah. I was like really struggling to open some underglaze bottles. Jeez. Oh, like, like kind of getting an intro to like she would kind of put me to work after a while, loading kilns and shit. Oh, she's like, kid. she's like this kid. Yeah, yeah. She, I was labor, and but it was awesome. And then they closed down. I like locked myself in my room and cried. And then I went to um, like 
arts summer camps the interlochen you did mm-hmm. oh sweet and that, that was really actually was tell me a little bit about it because <sighs> it's so so famous yeah so i played the you know flute. this place only because you still go back and teach or did hmm. you go back and teach that's a different place that i love oh that's called oxbow okay in oh, yeah. uh, california um those are like my two love places but interlochen you know it's like a high school it's summer camp arts center it's mostly famous for their music classical music but they have like incredible theater and you know all sorts of arts and I played the flute growing up Mm. and my parents were just like my dad especially was like into the idea of prestige so he was like why don't you audition for this place interlocking so I like sent in my audition tape and it was like automatic reject (laughs) but they were like we'll take you for ceramics so I went did you send in ceramic stuff too I don't think I even had to like send anything in. For that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's like so. Yeah. That just it's pierced my heart. Yeah. Like, oh man, what did I do with my life? Um, so I wound up going there for four summers, and that was like a very serious experience for me. That was the first time that I like, I was like at summer camp being a tween and like waking up early to like get to the studio before. Like, I was just in love with it. And I worked with Steve Lee, um, who's now, like, the director of the RT Bray. And he kicked my ass. Like, he I will been never... pretty young then, right? He was the grad student at Alpha. Oh, oh nice. my God. That's yeah. awesome. And he, like, busted me. I'm pretty sure he... I was just the biggest pain in the ass for him, but he just changed my life forever. He just took me seriously and didn't take any fucking bullshit from me. Like... I would like make huge messes. Like one time, I thought it was so cool that I was like, I am serious. Cause it was like cool interlocking to like be competitive and like be serious, yeah. be dedicated. And I was like, I'm gonna stay as late as I can till I get in trouble and I make all this art. And I did, and I just like left it out. Cause I was like, I'll be right back in the morning. But I like didn't you, like, know that like overslept. actually that was sort of a residency for <laughs> teachers there to like work at night after the kids fuck off and like they all went in and were like oh the tables are covered in this shit girl's pottery and now we have to like move it to do our own work so I go in and Steve was like you know this isn't just your space and like he showed me how he'd cleaned up after me and all this stuff and he punished me he made me like he thought of all these like chores for me to do. <laughs> like, sweep like a really. Did part of you like really love it? Hours. Uh, no, I was. I felt really ashamed. Oh. <laughs> I felt so bad. But he was like, "There's no room for feeling bad. This is just you. Just can't do this." Yeah. And that was his form of like taking me seriously, and you know, and I nurturing love, me. That's one thing about when I was in ceramics, and I don't know if you can say that, but there is never room to feel bad. Like, you don't yeah. feel bad in ceramics. And when my students feel bad, I'm like, there's no crying. Yeah. Like, just, like, just, what's wrong with you? I like, no, you just, like, are like, just work harder. Yeah. Like, that's what people told me. Just work harder. Yeah. yeah. When I was at K-State, I, like, let, did essentially the same thing. Just, like, left a huge mess. And then Amy Santa Ferraro was like, okay, now you clean the ventilation system. And I, like, felt so bad because I was, like, new there. And I just wanted to, like, impress her. And she was like, no. It's fine. Yeah. But now you're going to clean the ventilation. Like, Oof. it's cool. That's okay. We're still friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like yeah, now you're dusty. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, I did that. And then I, like, I didn't think I was going to, like, be... 
I loved it, but I really did not think like I'm going to be an artist or I'm going to be a potter or something like that. And um, then I went to Oxbow in California, which is like they don't have ceramics. It's much more conceptual approach to art and that's when I was like I think I want to be an I didn't know even then if I'd be an artist but like something in the field of art like you know I want to go to art school that was you know you knew that much yeah yeah I knew that much and you know I didn't think I could just be an artist so I didn't tell myself I wanted to be an artist but yeah, I did the same. I always just told my parents, too, that I was going to be an art teacher. Yeah. Because I, like, didn't want to, like, try and tell them that I was, yeah. that I wanted to be an artist. And so then I would, like, convince myself, like, no, like, I what I want to be is an art teacher. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So weird. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I was, like, like, my mom was, like, you're going to be an artist, kind of, like, really underhandedly. And then that's what I, I mean, I was always, she was like, oh, you can draw really well. You're going to be an artist yeah, and probably a really great housewife after I teach you how to cook. (laughs) I mean, she was born in like 31. So it's like, I was like. Um, so, oh my gosh, you're with your dog today, who's so beautiful. Thank you. Tell us, just tell us how you got this dog. So, this is Rayla. Um, she is the second guide dog that I trained. She never made it to be a guide dog, but let's see, uh, five years ago now, I was living in Westchester, and... Uh, my neighbor up there worked at Guiding Eyes for the Blind, and she was always like, you should raise a dog, and eventually I did. And I spent years like learning to train these dogs, and then they would go in and take a final exam, and Aww. hopefully be placed, like all you want is for them to be eventually like placed with someone who needs them to get around. And uh, my first dog, Bunnifer, um, Did you say Bonifer? Her name was Bunny. She went by Bonifer. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was a fucking, like, beast of a dog. Um, got matched with a woman named Lori. And actually two summers ago, so she was a home training match, which means that she, like, usually these people come to get their dogs and they stay on the Guiding Eyes campus for, like, two and a half weeks and work with the dogs to, like, acclimate and train together um and then it's a graduation and you go and you meet the person but she didn't do that so the dog went to her and they did that so alex so we didn't get to meet her or anything so um alex and i actually went to st louis to my husband to meet her and visit the dog (laughs) like like a later on yeah like a year later and it was and they were getting along Truly really well. powerful. Yeah, it was just incredible. It was like so much hard work and incredible like emotion and loss. And then you get to see the result of all of that, like changing someone's life in that way is like truly the work that I'm like the most proud of. Yeah. Um, and then I got this girl. And, and she was just like this mush baby. And she... Um, black lab. Yeah. She's a black Labrador. Pure black. Pure as the night. And she... Um, 
she did really great in training and then she was medically released because she was a little itchy and had some ear infections which is not up to standard for guide dogs i'd co-trained her with another volunteer named sarah and sarah adopted her when she was released and about like less than a year later um yeah it's like eight months later maybe sarah passed away from cancer oh my gosh i'm so sorry to hear that thank you and sarah i didn't know that she was i like knew she had medical problems i like didn't know she was dealing with that and until like it was really bad and then she was in and out of the hospital and she would ask me to watch Rayla when she was like in the hospital for big chunks of time and I would go and take Rayla to visit her and rehab centers and I even Um. one time like surprised her by finding the other puppy that she had been raising and brought like like filled her room with puppies basically Um, and she and I actually didn't like always get along until that started happening and then we like really really connected and it was crazy she like let me into her end of life like stage and talked to me about that like I'd never talked to someone about dying who was really facing it and it was just really intense and um yeah and then she left Rayla to me so and now Rayla like goes everywhere with you yeah she's my princess like how could I not you know I have to do the best for her because I love her but then there's this added layer to that knowing that I'm like taking care of Sarah's baby too oh. So, yeah. oh my god that's such a beautiful story it's like so sweet so and I like during the bunny bunifer period <laughs> I had I started to kind of want to like that experience really impacted my studio practice and I really wanted to make work about it but it wasn't really like happening it was impacting the way that I worked, but it didn't, it wasn't becoming subject matter in a natural way. And then um, just the past couple months, like my experience with Sarah and that story and this dog have been sort of the big thing of this sort of next wave of work that I've been making. So yeah, you've really been, you've it. been cranking work. Do you follow her on Instagram? Yes. Are course. you like, are you like, oh, that piece is good? Nah, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, what is she doing? Well, that's what I like seeing the stuff for a little bit. She was firing more of her stuff at Brooklyn Clay. And she would like come through and she'd be like, okay, like I need to fire this like bowl of these things. Oh, yeah. And I was always like, what the fuck <laughs> yeah. is this? Did you ever, did you see her make them? So what she does is she's got like a little piece of rubber mold that looks like hair and you can just let me describe it and then you can tell us exactly what it is so it looks like it's just like a little piece of rubber that's about palm size and then she takes some porcelain and then some dust that's wrapped up in a packet (laughs) she wedges the dust in for about 14 seconds pushes it into the the rubber i I don't know pushes it into the porcelain wraps the bag back up puts it back in her purse and then pushes the clay into this rubber mold and then it comes out looking like hair. I don't know. So what is it? 
I'm not telling you. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> what it is. What's the dust? I want to know what the dust is. It's all about that magic dust, baby. Oh, <laughs> man. It's like the secret of the undulating colors in Rebecca's work. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, 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 you'll see someday. Anyway, you can follow her on Instagram. It's like kind of amazing. The... Um, the work that you've been making is kind of like getting bigger and bigger, like these tiny little parts, like Gus said. Yeah. And now you, these like you, giant pieces. Yeah. How do you start? Like, because at some point you took a mold of Rayla's ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, did you have a end game? Yeah. Okay. So that that was the thing, that, the vision that started it all okay. was like this sculpture where her ears are the leaves of a plant. And so that's sort of, you know, usually when I make, it's like these bodies of work come together because like different sculptures, you know, bounce off of each other and snowball and, you know, are interrelated. Um, And so it isn't always this way, but with this one, it was like, it started with, I need to make this sculpture. Like I just had this idea. And the first thing was just making those ears. Yeah. And as I usually do, just like got carried away, just making like 600 ears before I did anything else. Like get over invested <laughs> in that one element before I know, you know, if it's gonna work or whatever. And uh, now that ears are like, you know, it's turning into all this other stuff with plant life and dog anatomy and human anatomy. <laughs> baby um but yeah it's like your next thing it's gonna be like rayla's body with rebecca's face yeah did you know have you seen rebecca's rayla tattoo (laughs) yes oh right oh yeah talk about your mommy dance mommy hey that's you that's you um well you know this summer i took a trip to california and mostly because I wanted to take her to California, I just felt important. And <laughs> she's this wires. giant dog is trying to sit on my lap. I think, babe, or get by me, or both. Babe, babe, no, she's babe. fine. She's good. I'm worried about the wires. Yeah, that's bad, probably. That's just the <laughs> Rayla is tangled we, in the wires right mic now. Her next oh, oh I see. She feels guilty. Okay, oh, no, hold on, hold on, Rayla. hold on. No, you're no so licking. cute. No licking. Hold on. I, Oh, one free? Give me this paw. Yeah. Thank you. Sweet. Anyway, back to business. Do you want to sit on my lap? Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, your tattoo. Oh, yeah. You know, she's like, I got to take this bitch to California. <laughs> so I did. And we saw some seals. And she made some friends with some seals. And I was like, yo, you and that seal are the same puppy. Oh, I just, oh, I just, oh, I loved it so much. Just being in nature in that way with her was the most like what is it what exactly what was she doing oh well we just you know went to this beach one i mean it was just it wasn't any one thing that like was so moving it was just being in this landscape that i feel really connected to and really being like immersed in nature just being with her and just bonding really is like enough to make me just the happiest I can be were you like kicking your husband out of the way you were like (laughs) well there was (laughs) there were a few nights that we slept in the tent together but he slept in the hammock like out outside in Yosemite (laughs) was that by choice by his choice it actually was by his choice (laughs) 
Um, he's like, you're freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, like, he was having some back problems. And oh, it wasn't some third wheel problems. <laughs> <laughs> I kept being like, I'm having the best trip of my life. And he'd be like, I'm really happy for you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> he was having a good time. But, um, but there was just this one day when we were in Sea Ranch, and which is like three hours north of San Francisco. And... We climb, we, there was this beautiful beach, but you had to like get down this really steep ramp, like a concrete ramp that was covered in moss and like was really slippery. So there was a rope that you had to sort of like hold onto and like lower yourself down. And I had her and I fully like put her kind of like, <laughs> like that and was like, like oh, on your chest, you put her on your chest. Yeah, I like put her, yeah. Like, like a, a baby. baby. Like a baby. Like a baby. <laughs> And then, like, this sweet, like, older man came, and he was, like, wearing a Bernie Sanders hat and oh, was, like, oh, geez, wow, California. look at that. Like, he just thought it was cool, and I thought he was cool, so I thought it was just cool. <laughs> and then we, like, got down to the beach, and it was just this beautiful beach that, like, was just huge, and it was just, like, us and these a couple Bernie bros. Like, <laughs> it was beautiful. And then all of a sudden, I'm just looking out there. The horizons, like all I did this whole trip, just like just looking, watching, waiting, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, 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 wow! And this big guy, he just comes and beaches himself, and it's like sniffs the air like how she does, and she's like, she's and she's like two. We're like twenty feet from this big old sea lion, and they're just looking right at each other and like sniffing. <laughs> and then the are like woofed back into the ocean and just washed away. And oh. I don't know. It was just great. That's amazing. Yeah. I You're like, so cute. I, um, I was describing your work to some of my friends and uh, I like that <laughs> it's when I was describing it I was like, Yeah, she makes this work. It's it's really cool. It's like um like she'll like make like dog ears and like hang them on trees and it's like it just like sounds, sounds it sounds like work sounds that weird. i couldn't be less interested in it sounds <laughs> like, like I, yeah. I mean it sounds like you lit a bong and you were like yeah. Yeah. So, but it is it is really like um because that's like my brother's work is the same way where if someone was like yeah he's making these like ceramic sundials for places yeah. i'd be like nah i'm not gonna go see that <laughs> yeah. but but it's such nice work and it's Thank you. also such like strange work Thanks. the way that it's building up right now it's, i know i'm excited <laughs> yeah me too yeah, yeah i mean things come out i knew it was gonna be weird but things just come out weird yeah. <laughs> like, it's just how things shit comes out for me there's just so back yeah. to back to after so after interlock and then what happened Let's Sorry, see. I'm not going to go way back to the background because actually I want to kind of see what happens. I like want to bridge like what's yeah. happening now to what how you got to this point. Did so. I have to say that or should we just have done it? I'm not sure. We'll <laughs> Let's get it. Hey, we're, <laughs> we're learning. We're getting there. Um, so interlocking and then I'm like in high school and I went to Oxbow. There's a couple Oxbows out there. This one's the Oxbow School in Napa, California which is this incredible, it's basically, it's a semester program 
for high school juniors and seniors. It's basically, it's a residency is what it is. Cool. And it's just amazing. Um, and I went there for a semester and that was like the most alive I've ever been. Wow. Except for maybe right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, like right now. Right, right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in this like space podcast. with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like the past few months have been, have been uh, the most inspired I've been like in my adult life, which has been has been yeah amazing. But Oxbow, yeah. Whenever I go back there, it's just the most magical place. So I did that, and that was the first place that I like got really personal with my work and like explored myself deeply in my work and didn't just see it as like I'm working with material and figuring out how to make things and like how to do the you know how to so that was high school still yeah okay and then I applied to RISD I went why to RISD? RISD um it's a unfortunate wait Whoa. I'm like was it my face I'm like why did you go there why? no I'm like no I meant it like this why RISD is that well, better yeah there we go <laughs> I applied to a bunch of art schools and my parents, it's like really lame. My parents were like, we're only paying for you to go to art school if you go to the Rhode Island School of Design. Oh, yeah. So, Just because it was close or what? No, because it was like the one they'd heard of. Uh, Yeah, that's the thing. They're not artists. They're like, we think it's like the Harvard of art. So yeah, it was like on the OC you know oh yeah that's, that's a good cool. show yeah, yeah that's cool yeah. <laughs> so um but it was amazing I love RISD and I really didn't think I was gonna be a ceramics major there but I was because because you would I did yeah yeah and I wanted something really flexible because you were like what's to... the best way to get A's yeah. Ceramics. Yeah. Where they're just begging for students. <laughs> like, uh, it was a pretty small department. But you, so that was when Linda Sorman was there, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I feel like she just like attracts people. Yeah, and, like, she was a huge part of, I, w- I don't think I would have joined that department if it weren't for her. Yeah. Yeah. She was just, I wanted to work with her. Yeah. She was so smart and wow. exciting. Yeah. And, um, but when I was there, I was like, went through all these phases. I was like, I want to be a paleontologist. So I like worked two different summers for doing different paleontology gigs. Cool. Oh, cool. And then I was like, oh yeah, actually, so this makes sense. What I'm actually called to do in this life is be like a conservator. So then I did like a bunch of that. And that was actually really great. But I was like, no, that's not my shit. And... It wasn't really till I graduate was graduating. I was like, I do just want to be an artist. So <laughs> you was like embarrassed about it. You were like, oh, disappointed yeah. in yourself. Yeah. I guess Dang I'm gonna it. be an amazing artist. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I was just like, I didn't want to be like, I'm dedicating my life to me. Yeah. But like now, I'm really proud of that. You know. Yeah. But yeah. Do you ever think about it like that? Like I'm dedicating my life to the work of myself. Kinda, I'm pretty selfish with my time, and that kind of stuff. Like, um, yeah, 
I, t- I recently told Anders that I was going to make work like a art student right before midterms for an entire year. So uh-huh. I'm like, which I already failed on. Oh, great. Because nobody can. <laughs> uh, not even, an, not even no. an art student can no, do it. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. Do you? Mm, that's really fun. I mean, it's really weird. I don't, I don't think about it, but I also think, like, I'm really, like, super giving. And I think a lot of ceramicists are, like, really giving of information. Yeah. But then, you know, it's like, with my own work, I'm super, like, kind of private about it so weird yeah and then like once in a while i'll be like do you want to just look at this new piece of mine and people are like nope (laughs) (laughs) no but people are like oh yeah so it's just it's like it's weird it's a weird thing especially with instagram too Mm -hmm. because like you want people to see you make work and be inspired by you even as an instructor and then you want people to see your work and then also like I'm sort of still like want to try to keep a modicum of privacy but I do feel like yeah I, yeah I'm really into my work yeah I'm, like I don't know what I would do without it I actually yeah. tried to do other things and I couldn't yeah yeah it's like kind of the best thing to just give into that because actually it's such a privilege or not a privilege it's just I feel lucky to have that and I don't have to like search for what that is. I can just know that, you know, that that's the thing that feeds me. Yeah, I tried to be a set fabricator at one point because it like had, it checked like every box for something that I wanted to do. Like right. I was working with my hands, it was creative. There was like problem solving, the work changed a lot. Wow. Like it had like everything and it paid really well. Wow. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like I still just wanted to be making things that I came up with not yeah not a fake kitchen for a target advertisement Whoa. and I wasn't that great at it I don't think so. oh, <laughs> you were like so what really happened Gus is they fired yeah. you and you were like this isn't for me no they tried to hire me back <laughs> yeah oh <Aww. laughs> um, I want to see your work well I'll get there someday but when you're ready um and so then after RISD, you went to... I went to... I'm actually, because I don't know any of this, so I'm actually, like, really interested in... Yeah, that's I was like, we best... don't want to talk about what your background, and then I'm like, actually, I just kind of do... Actually, all I don't we ever really... do is, like, drink beer in the kitchen, so yeah. it's nice to know something about you. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. I want to get... I, yeah. I just want to drink beer and nerd out. Yeah. Um, but yeah we can do more of that, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's see after RISD. So Matt Wadel. Okay. This is someone who I deeply care about, who I know very well, like have, has been in my life for something like 10 years. And I still don't know how to say his last name. I think it's Waddell, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> I say it differently every okay, time Okay. If it. you know how to pronounce Waddell or Waydell, please uh, write in and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> With a phonetic. Yeah. <laughs> we should have callers. Oh, yeah, we should. Next, um, We'll figure out how to do that. We're going to slowly we need, turn this into first. car talk is yeah. what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so he was a guest artist at RISD for a semester. My senior year, fall of senior year. And he was my advisor during that time, and he made a really big impact on me. I was like, what do I do after college? And he was like, you know, you could go to Long Beach. That's where he went to grad school. So he kind of put me in touch with Tony Marsh there, and 
I sort of pitched myself to be a resident artist there. And so I was a resident artist there for two years. Oh, wow. wow. I did a year and then I begged to stay for another and they let me. Oh, wow. Um, and that was an incredible experience. And I miss that place. That seems like um, one of the coolest things that like it really flew under the radar for a long time. Yeah, it seemed yeah like. right. But like, then you start looking through like I look through so many like artists who I like really respect their like when I'm looking through their resumes or stuff or like their highlights you just like keep seeing it pop up yeah and it's too bad it's kind of ending right or Tony Marsh is no longer gonna... well he's yeah Chris Miles is the chair but I think he's really gonna keep pushing that program cool. yeah so yeah I was there and then I moved to northern Westchester to my parents' backyard, cool. essentially. Cool. Um, they had this old barn that I turned into a studio, and I was working there. I worked there for four years. Whoa. Wow. All alone. <laughs> Alex lived there with me for the first year, and then he went to law school uh, in D.C., and I was like, I'm not leaving my studio. So our plan was, you'll get a job in New York, and I'm going to just haul ass in the studio until then, and then we'll move to New York, and I will have made all this work and like can hopefully hit the ground running a little bit, Yeah. Um, find a studio in the city, and here I am. Wow. I, yeah. You really made it. You're in the process of really making it. <laughs> it's like, did you, you're, you're like, if you say you made it, like, I feel like anyone that like can survive in the city for more than six months is like really fucking made it. And then you're like, did I? And then I'm like, well, you're in the process of like a yeah, lifelong. Yeah, right. yeah, but then also, yeah, your goals are just going to like always change. Yeah. yeah, so you're always going to be like, well, I'm doing that, but not this new thing that I decided I need to do. Yeah. I mean, I really need a studio that's less than like two hours away. Yeah. But yeah. yeah so I still go up there. Yeah. That? Yeah. So like Cami and I have complained a lot about just like having to carry your work on the subway and things right. like that. And you do like a really absurd thing, which is to drive out of the yeah. city. Which yeah. keeps you from having to carry your work on the subway. You know, yeah. it's a trade off. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And there's some great things about it. Like, getting up there and being like like I get to shut everything out when I'm there I get to like just be all in like something switches in my brain there's a focus thing there that is really unique to being there Um, but it makes it hard because days like yesterday where I was like oh I have like a bunch of different things to do and the only real thing I need to do or should be doing in the studio today is like pour this concrete slab and it's going to yeah. take me like an hour or two and that so I'm going to spend like hours in the car just to like do that right yeah. um, something that you don't want to do anyway yeah right yeah yeah every time I have to do something that's like outside of whatever it is I'm doing I'm like takes me like six weeks it's like i just, just to need courage. to make a mold i just and then the yeah. next day i'm like i really got to make that mold today <laughs> i really but i gotta go, i have to buy the plaster first uh, like i yeah. should have bought the plaster yesterday to make the mold today and then i'm like well i guess i'm gonna have to figure out where to get water <laughs> you know it's like there's a faucet like so right outside the door it. i don't know man I, like sometimes you just can't oh, yeah no i made a mold of a thing that i was supposed to make a mold of before christmas 
just yesterday or two days ago and then taking it out i chipped it oh and i was like whatever fuck it this thing has a chip in it now that's just how it is like sucks (laughs) what what do you listen to in the studio Ugh, i am terrible i listen to the same shit over and over like it would i don't know how it doesn't drive me crazy it just kind of keeps me in some zone i don't know um but so usually i have my day music and i have my night music and i have to earn my night music (laughs) Um, because i'll listen to the you know it's like usually sad music it's usually like oh you're sleepy now wait that's the night music or the day music i know like that's the night music okay Okay. i wasn't expecting that i thought it was gonna be like dance music that's what i go like yeah peppy stuff at night you know oh to keep yourself going Mm -hmm. oh no my night thing is more like okay like because i get i do the peppy stuff in the day to like and then i get annoyed by it because i'm like okay i'm like tired now she's like shut the fuck up cheryl crow and then like i'll repeat all day and then i just want to like do the project that requires me to be like chill like maybe a sitting project or standing in one place prod, you know, yeah. like, yeah. and um, do that to like, to like Elliot Smith, <laughs> like, you know, that yeah. kind of shit. So, and I do podcasts, a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Um, Wait, I, so it's, I know that you have like a number of fellow RISDites that are like doing well yeah. in the city. Did it seem like there was just like a... Motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> you were included in that group. <laughs> Did it seem like there was like a weird, like a, just like a energy coming through the school? Or is that sort of just like, is Rizzy just that big and that close to New York City that there's like kind of always that happening? I think or? there's a few factors. I do think it's kind of always happening. I do yeah. think it is an amazing place that actually deserves the like prestige. Like it's the education that they provide is incredible and I totally have criticism of it too but it really does have this energy and like the vibe is very serious the standards are very high and people take themselves seriously like when they walk in the door you know and people it builds a confidence that I think is the main factor in people succeeding I also think that like a lot of really privileged people or people who maybe come from art world families go to RISD and come right. out and like have a leg up yeah um, but it, like I loved yeah. I went to the University of Montana mm-hmm. and I like loved it there and like would love to go back like I, I loved everything about that place but it was there were a lot of like super dedicated people but you also just had tons of people that were like yeah, well, like the education thing was pretty tricky, so like I'm over here <laughs> that's now. What, yeah, that's why they called it "Can't read, can't write, can't yeah. stay." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I graduated in five and a half years from Kent because I was like, it was a pretty rigorous. I'm program. in no rush, so, <laughs> and also, uh, yeah, you just didn't state school. You don't just you hang on for as long as you can, and then yeah. you're like. What do you mean that I have to go? Yeah. Like, yeah. like she's like, no. I just got used I, to this place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel very lucky. So, yeah. It's... Yeah. Um, okay. Do we have some more questions? I think we have some more, yeah. Um, 
We're gonna do a little bit of editing, like right now, for example. Yeah. We'll probably I feel keep like such this a snob part in. right now. Like, Why? Yeah, I'm very. Lucky. You should hear him talk about Alfred. It's like so annoying. <laughs> we had to cut. It. We had to cut part of it. I out. was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can't be asked me why I was an expert in my field. <laughs> I said oh, because I went to Alfred. I love and I was like, I, I was like, I know plenty of experts that also that aren't ex. It was like I know plenty of people who aren't experts in yeah. their field that went to Alfred. Yeah, me like, being one of them. <laughs> well, Tony, when I was at Cranbrook, Tony Hepburn was like, "I'm not taking any more Alfred people. They're terrible." Yeah. No way. Yeah, really? he was like, the, he's like, they're the worst. I. That's so funny. I yeah. really want to go and check it out. I've never been up there or anything tonight. Take this off to get more wine for a moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to stop. Yeah, sculpture, sculpture space yeah. used to be like, um, they used to just be obsessed with Alfred people. Sculpture space? Yeah. Oh. Or, yeah, NYC, sculpture space NYC, oh, right. sculpture center, yeah. And then, uh, and then after I went through there, I think there's no more Alfred people coming. <laughs> That happened. I didn't mean to. Oh wow! I didn't mean to. They're like, to. "What did you do? Yeah. What did you do, guys?" Yeah, they used to just. Yeah. It was open. It was like there was like a half a glass in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think soon I gotta make a move to bingo, since we're taking a quick pause. Yeah. When when's crew picking you up? He said seven thirty. Seven thirty. Fifteen minutes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Right. Yeah. Um. So. Let's see. So, yeah, Raku is sort of like in the front of my brain. Oh, man. And because we're going to yeah. do some Rakuing soon, which is a good excuse for me to come see your studio, and I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, and you and I have already talked about this, but are you going to do dog hair Raku at some point? Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. Oh, my gosh. I'm also going to be doing my hair, Raku. Oh. oh Are you going to braid your hair with Rayla's hair? Oh. And... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Rayla's like, how are we doing that? Let's get on oh it. Oh, God. Um, I love that bitch. So drop three names. Okay. So I'm going to go like this. Oh, Rayla. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's empty. Rayla, come here. Um, I'm going to go... Baz Luhrmann. Whoa. So, Don't know who that is. <laughs> what? That is so scandalous. So this is the most name droppy I can get, but I'm in it for the story that I get to tell you. Okay. Which is that um, my first sculpture sale, my first sale that was not a piece of pottery, Baz Luhrmann bought my sculpture. Yes. And it wasn't just any sculpture. Basically, what happened, what went down was I made this sculpture. It was a little piece. It was a porcelain unicycle. Okay. And um, it was in this show with a bunch of artists in Venice Beach. And the show got really crowded and people were like drinking. You know, it's one of those shows that kind of became just a party. Right. Which is so LA, right? Yeah. Like you have an opening and a thousand people come. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It was packed out. My sculpture is like this little porcelain thing that teeters on little feet and it's like up to your knees, you know, so it's crowded and people can't see it and drunk dude just like fucking kicks it and it just Uh, shatters, like makes the sounds, like all the sounds. And it was like, yeah. It was just so humiliating. I was so embarrassed. And it was so fucking me of a thing to, you know, like, it was 
so embarrassing. <laughs> and I don't I, know if I could like acknowledge that by being like, yeah, it does seem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> don't deny that. It does seem like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? You're like. <laughs> it does seem. Yep. So I like went for an angry walk. And I came back and there was like a long struts. Yeah, I was like, fuck my life. And I came back and there was like some kind there was this energy that was like uh, and all of a sudden I was like sort of a celebrity. And I was like, what? And there was this guy that was like, I'm buying your piece. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry to tell you that's like really nice. Who the fuck are you? But it's broken. And he's like, What? And I was like, Yeah, someone smashed it like ten minutes ago. What the fuck? And he was like, I even better. And he bought all the broken parts. And I was like, whoa, who are you? What's your name? I didn't recognize him. Like, so many pe- people recognized him. And people were like, oh, whoa. I mean, would you... First of all, Gus didn't know, know who he was. I don't know who he is. And I wouldn't... I, know who I he also is, don't know who anybody is, but... He's a movie director. And he directed oh. Romeo and Juliet and that bigger thing Wait, that like he Rouge did with the... Yes, Moulin Rouge. Oh, I like Best in Show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, he, he bought the fucking broken parts. He bought us my shattered sculpture for the full price. And it was my first sale. And oh. he had me, like, he commissioned me to, like, write a story about it for him. And I, like, packed it all up and had it dropped off at the Chateau Marmont. <laughs> wow. I can't even with that story. It's too and much. Just that alone, yeah. Chateau That's Marmont. That's so bananas. <laughs> it was just, like, it set, it's big, it, things kicked off with a bang and the breaking of the thing and that being like this having reinforced in that way that that was the success of the work was a good thing because that is uh breaking shit is what makes me an expert (laughs) (laughs) the only thing i'm an expert oh high five that (laughs) all right first name drop okay what's your second one? well my second one was gonna be matt yeah, you talked about But you him. accidentally name-dropped him earlier? I already name-dropped him. Do you want to keep it? I mean, he is a good one. Yeah. Yeah, he... Um... Do you want to say his last name again? Wait a... <laughs> Wait a... Just say it fast. Fuck. Fast and soft. Wait a... It's like, looks like an easy name, but it's not. So, yeah, he... He would just be like what do you want to make though? He'd walk into my studio for a visit and just be like, cut the crap. Like, what do you like? What do you actually like? What do you want to make? What inspires you? You know? And just really did everything he could to keep people honest in their work and just making stuff that, because like that's what they wanted to make and reconnecting with that really basic desire. And as a result, it's kind of incredible because I think back to like, all of the people across the different communities that I worked with him in, like Cal State Long Beach and RISD, the student's work didn't try and become his work, which is a thing that can happen. Oh, yeah. But his students all really followed their own thing, but followed it very deeply. And he really set this example for how to create your own rhythm and how to, like, set a pace and how to, like, just define your own studio practice and how to work like how to get the get the work done you know and um I don't know where I'd be without him yeah it seems like that still is a big like your work doesn't look like anybody else's work or anything else yeah it's in its own yeah Yeah. it's in its own thing that's so cool yeah 
Okay, and then what's your third name? You know, the third one, I was actually going to say the Oxbow School. Oh, cool. I just want people to know about that place. Um, All of the teachers there are just so incredible, and the students there are so incredible. And whenever I go back there, I feel like, oh, yeah. Now I remember what my definition of an artist, like who the artist is that I want to be and like really why I'm doing this. Like, and I just feel more myself there than anywhere else. And I actually think that like so many people feel that way about themselves when they go there. And it's just amazing. that's sweet. But uh, you you go with me someday. Yeah. You said that they don't have ceramics, right? <laughs> the three of us right? holding yeah, hands. They, oh, they, oh, Cammie, they don't have yeah. ceramics. We'll just kind of cut that last one out. Okay. <laughs> you'll, you'll go there and you'll be like, oh, forget oh, it. ceramics is something else. Like when I go there, I'm like, this is ceramics. Yes. This is ceramics. <laughs> <laughs> the Napa River is ceramics. Like the earth is ceramics. <laughs> oh my God. See, I think Whoa. we just... We just built the bridge. Like yeah, that's, there we go. We okay, built the bridge. You <laughs> built the bridge yourself. It's really embarrassing. And then my, I have one final question for you. If you could have any pottery wheel in the whole <laughs> world. What kind of wheel? What, what would you have? What yeah. kind of wheel? What pottery wheel would you pick? Think. I mean, I mean think long and hard about this. This is like... What kind of wheel? What pottery wheel would you have? Really quickly, like, how like, tightly... <laughs> How tight, tight of a lid can you throw? Ooh. Oh my god! <laughs> Fire me! Is that like so not so not good? Is that what we're saying? Is that I don't know? Not so great. <laughs> Do your teapot spouts gurgle? Uh, no, they're good. good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the last time I made one about twenty-two years ago. <laughs> um. I'm gonna go with a kick wheel. Yeah. I'm gonna say like the kick wheel that I use at Clay's the way. Are you talking like Lockerbie, Randall? uh... Oh, that shit was like (laughs) Diane Mary drunk ass making her own kick wheel. Yeah. Just wood with like a steel rod and like that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Rad. Yeah. That's cool. Just torture yourself. That's what it's really all about. Yeah. You know? Totally. That's what I'm in it for. <laughs> Make your life more difficult. Yes. That's what That's I'm in it for. Yeah. 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 I remember. Just, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save that snippet. <laughs> um, Gus, do you have any final questions? No, I think I think we really covered everything that we had planned out. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any final questions for us or comments? Oh, shit. Things you want to put out there. Also, yeah. we really should have prepared some questions for Rayla. I do feel kind oh, of bad woof. that we... Hey, hey monkey. Woof, 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 woof. Woof, 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 woof. Rayla? Is that funny? I don't think no, I don't so. Think so. <laughs> You're laughing and it's not even funny. Oh, woo. She's like, oh, nap. shit. Your nap. Well... Thanks so much for thank being here. Yeah, thank you. It's really an honor. I can't wait to listen to this podcast when I'm working in the studio. Not mine. <laughs> yeah, this episode. It's like, oh my God. I can't wait to put this episode on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like, um, what do they call that postmodern when you're listening to yourself talk about yourself making yourself? Ooh. It sounds like my art practice. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe it totally does. 
Oh, perfect. Okay. See Thanks, you tomorrow. Oh Are you coming to bingo? God, I can't wait. What? Are you coming to bingo? No, bingo. Come on. Crew's yeah. coming. Okay, I'm coming. Cool. <laughs> cool. Okay. What a fun so time. So much fun. It's always fun talking to Rebecca. Um, I realized that I think she was talking about her dog Bunny as Bunifer, and I realized that she, I think she meant that the dog was satanic and was it was supposed to be like Lucifer. <laughs> Bunifer? I don't but know. But like a satanic rabbit that's oh. also Black Lab. Whoa. That's really meta. Um <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to the Ceramic Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> uh, thanks to Alex Crawford for the music and Bill Thielen for the cover art. Thanks. Thanks.